Hey there, Minnow Tankers. I'm Ken, the founder of Minnow Tank. The Minnow Tank podcast interviews tech startup founders and the investors that fund them. This episode of the Minnow Tank podcast is brought to you by Minnow Tank. Whether you're an investor looking for new investment opportunities, a founder looking to pitch your tech startup, or a Minnow Tanker looking to stay up to date with growing tech startups, you can join our community of entrepreneurs at MinnowTank.com. All right, Minnow Tankers, here's the show. Hey there, Minnow Tankers. This is Ken, and I have Abby Lyle, Senior Associate at Quake Capital Partners. Abby, thank you for joining us on the Minnow Tank Podcast. Thank you for having me. Abby, we are more than happy to have you. So can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and how you became an investor? Yes, absolutely. Um, So my path to becoming a VC was very non-traditional. Um, I definitely did not do the whole like investment banking thing and then interviewed for a bunch of different positions um, that that was never really part of my path. I kind of just um, tripped and fell into it, I guess you could say. Um, So I went to NYU Stern for undergrad. And while I was there, I started a company kind of by accident, just wanted to try out the entrepreneurship thing. Stern had a lot of great resources for students interested in starting a business. Um, We won a bunch of competitions, raised a bunch of non-dilutive funding, um, ran the company for about two years. It was a digital platform in the ed tech space, Um, made a ton of mistakes, really did the whole fail fast (laughs) to learn quickly thing, um, which was super educational for me, definitely more so than any of the classes that I took. Having that experience was really the most formative and most educational um, business education I could have ever received. So I was really happy about getting the opportunity to do that and and really grateful to have the opportunity to do that. Um, And so during those few years that I was running the business um, while also going to school, I was growing my network in the entrepreneurship community, both at NYU um, and in the broader New York City area. Um, And I met Brandon Meyer, who was one of the founding partners at Quake, um, and we had a lot of mutual friends. He'd graduated from um, NYU a few years before I did. Um, We had a lot of mutual friends, and um, he was just in the process of getting Quake off the ground. Um, And he came to me and and asked me if I wanted to get on board, Um, and Quake was a super young company at that time. Um, We didn't even have an office yet. So it was just me and Brandon and, and um, two, other, two other individuals, um, Chad and Hounan, just, just the four of us. And we were um, working out of the lounge in the student center at NYU. Um, so super scrappy, super early stage, very much the startup vibe. Um, and I realized that, that that was what I wanted to do post-graduation. I didn't want to do the traditional sort of corporate route. Previously, I'd been thinking of doing investment banking or, you know, following the path that um, so many business school grads kind of have laid out before them and getting involved with the Quake team so early on and, and really kind of having that early employee experience um, really sort of turned me onto startup life more so than even having my company had. Um, and I continued um, full-time post-graduation. I graduated in December of last year. So um, I've had a full-time role with Quake for almost a year now. Which is so cool that you've gone both the routes, right? So you've built your own company and then you've expanded into the investment space. Um, so let's just skip forward. I was going to ask you a little bit about, you know, how you became an investor, but we kind of already covered that. So talk to me about Quake. If I want to learn more, you know, if I've never heard about Quake itself, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. Um, so we're a senior early stage VC fund and accelerator program, and the two go hand in hand. 
So all of the investments that we make pass through our 12-week accelerator program. That's something that's super important to us and our thesis. We truly believe that the support and the mentorship and the network that we can provide is just as valuable, if not more so, than the capital that we provide. Um, so for that reason, we require all the companies to go through our 12-week accelerator program, um, which they can do in three cities. We started in New York, but we uh, opened up offices in LA and Austin, Texas earlier this year, which is super exciting. Um, we're definitely a fast-growing company and a fast-growing team, so it's really exciting to kind of have a front seat position to be able to, to watch all of that awesome change happen. Um, so we write 200K checks um, to each company that goes through our program. It's a fixed check size. We um, invest using a KISS note. We do valuation caps at or below 3.75 million. Um, so that's what the terms look like. There's a little bit of flexibility around that, but not a ton. Um, so we're pretty specific in term of, terms of the stage that we look at, um, the check sites that we write. Um, and the investment is tied to participation in the program. So every company that we invest in goes to the program, um, and every company that goes through the, the program um, gets an investment. So it's not one of those programs where you participate and then at the end of the program you may or may not get a check you get the check no matter what um, we do occasionally invest additional capital in um, companies outside of the accelerator investment through our high confidence funds um, but that's um, that's another conversation we can have I guess that kind of leads in over into some of the other questions you might have yeah uh, it's, it's, it's really cool to learn about that check size and specifically at what stage so let me ask you the next question, Abby, which is, what is Quake Capital Partners' unique investment thesis? Yes, so we're industry agnostic. We'll invest in um, anything and everything. Um, for example, um, some examples from our last cohort, we had a nine-foot-long underwater drone, um, a social media platform for pets, and um, a blockchain system for healthcare data management. And they were all in the same cohort and they all worked closely together and, and sat next to each other along with a wide variety of other companies that were also very different from them. Um, so we'll we're, have zero, um, zero compulsion about um, investing in any particular industry over another. Um, the stage bit um, is very important to us. We want to make sure that we're investing in companies that are at an inflection point. So we're looking for companies that, you know, have proven out product market fit. Um, they have some sort of proof of concept in the market. Um, the number one, the, the statistic that I like to cite is um, the number one reason that startups fail is there is no demand for their product. Uh, which is super shocking. Um, you would think that it would be something else. You would think it would be inability to raise capital, um, founder disputes, um, some you know pivot gone wrong. Of course, all those things happen. But the number one reason that we see startups failing is that they just build something that nobody wants, which is a really horrible position to be in, um, not only as a founder, but also as an investor. So we want to de-risk the investment as much as possible in that area before we write a check. So it's really critical to us to see traction. And that's the number one thing that we look for when we're evaluating an investment opportunity. And traction doesn't necessarily mean revenues. Um, we do invest in pre-revenue companies sometimes. Um, we had a few of them in the cohort that just wrapped up a couple of weeks ago. Um, some of them have turned out to be some of our best investments, but they need to show that they've proven out the market in some other fashion. So whether that's letters of intent, 
or a successful Kickstarter or crowdfunding campaign or a really valuable strategic partnership. Um, they need to prove that there is um, demand out there for their product um, and that they have really done the market research necessary to launch their product in a way where we're sure that the market wants what they have to offer. Um, so that's, that's the basic. Um, basically, we're looking for companies in any industry that have proven that there's demand for what they're building and have seen some early success in the market um, and that are at an inflection point where our capital and our resources are really going to make a big difference. So especially because of the accelerator component, we really look for companies that we feel like we can really help. And that's probably the number one um, big decision-making factor between taking a company or not taking a company um, is is our network something that's going to be able to help them? Is this, is this an area of expertise where we can make helpful introductions, where the resources that we have and the program that we have, you know, what kind of an impact, how substantial of an impact is that and the check going to have on their business? What is the business going to look like post-acceleration versus where they're at now? Um, that's number, what, number one thing that we look at because we really want to make sure that we're amplifying the business above and beyond just what that 200K would do. Abby, it really sounds like you sound like a lot of the investment firms that I hear from that say we want to be the fuel on a fire that's already lit. You can't pour gasoline on a match because it burns it out and it actually has no effect. But if you have a blaze and you pour gasoline, then it becomes, you know, a bonfire or like, you know, an inferno, which is what you really want. You want a large company to come out of it. Um, so that totally exactly. makes sense in line with the other investors we've interviewed. Um, so let me switch gears here, Abby. I want to learn a little bit more about you. And I want to know, what is your favorite part of being an investor? I just really like helping people. Uh, and I think that that's something that um, kind of carries over in in all aspects of my life. I've, I've kind of always been that way. Um, I just I just feel like if you put yourself out there in a, in a positive manner and you give everything that you have, it just comes back around to you. Um, and I think that I, you know, I certainly do that in my in my job. And I think that I would just, I would do that in, in any job. And I think it, in any industry um, where I'm able to share what I have with others and help others is, um, is you know, I, I'll, I'll be happy. Um, and that'll be uh, my favorite part of, of any job that I have. And I, I don't think that that's something that's unique to investing. I actually think that um, the acceler being part of an accelerator program um, and being part of, you know, an early stage fund, that's, I, I don't know if I'd necessarily be happy being an investor at a larger fund where I just, you know, sort of built models all day or uh, just, just, just stared at a computer. Um, just, it's really that human component and being able to know that you're making a big difference into someone's business um, and that they hold that business dear to them because it's theirs, you know, they're a founder and they're very emotionally invested in it and knowing that you're making an impact on the business and therefore making an impact on this person's life and their employees' lives. Um, I just feel, I, I just feel like I'm being part of, I'm, I'm part of something that's bigger than myself and that's really cool. Abby, I think that's awesome. What's funny is whenever we do interview investors on the Minotech podcast, so rarely do they say to us, I'm in it for the money. I'm in it to make 10x returns. It's almost always exactly <laughs> what you said. Pleasure working with the founders, pleasure in the experience, like paying it forward, working with amazing, interesting people. Um, so I'm really glad that Quake Capital Partners kind of fits into that as well. Um, so let me move on to our next question, which is a little bit contentious sometimes, but kind of a fun one. Uh, what is the best investment you've ever made? Um, wow, that is an interesting one. I definitely don't want to play favorites. <laughs> um, I, I'll, highlight, I'll highlight a few. 
Um, there's and, and I there's there's reasons for me for me kind of highlighting each one um, that I'm going to highlight. Obviously, Quakes made a lot of really great investments. Um, we have almost 60% IRR um, in our in our second fund so far, which is pretty unprecedented in in terms of um, in terms of early stage venture funds, especially as young as Quake is. Um, so definitely would love to brag about our whole portfolio and, and how awesome they're all performing. Um, we haven't had any failures yet, um, and we have had one exit. We had our first exit last month. So definitely lots of great performance overall. I'll say every investment Quake makes is a great investment. Um, a few that I would love to highlight, there's a company um, I actually found and sourced this deal through our university investor series program, um, which is a program that I um, run for university student businesses and or recent grads and faculty members um, that are starting companies because we love sourcing deal flow from universities. We think it's a great place to um, find founders and, and, and budding companies that are that are getting ready to be the next big thing. Um, the, company the company is called BabyQuip. Um, they were previously called Babyerge. They just recently rebranded. Um, the founder, Fran Meyer, is a really incredible woman. She was on the founding team of Match.com. Um, so we knew she was a pro the moment we met her. Um, team is another really huge element that we look at in our due diligence process. Um, so the moment we got on the phone with Fran and, and learned about her background and her ability to um, build successful businesses, um, we, you know, we, we knew we wanted to invest in her and, and invest in her business. Um, they rent baby gear out to traveling families. Um, and I, I just think that it's a really good example of a business that's sort of like not something that you'd think about, um, kind of a, an, an unsexy industry, um, dare I say, not, you know, it's not the next hot blockchain crypto, whatever. Um, it's, it's really not, um, it's, it's something for like moms and kids and it's not something that your typical investor in their suit and their oak paneled office is going to recognize as, as, as a great business. Um, but it is something that solves a problem for the everyday consumer and, and, and makes a big difference in the life of, of parents and families. So super proud of that investment. And then another one um, that I want to highlight is called SwineGuard. Um, they were part of our first fund, also University Investor Series team. Um, and they created an agricultural technology that prevents baby pigs from being crushed by their mothers. Um, which I just think is such a fascinating, um, another fascinating problem that you just wouldn't know, um, being, you know, like a coastal investor that isn't really, um, involved in any, in, in this, this unsexy industry. It's not something that, you know, I'm, I'm in New York city, not something that being in New York city, you're going to necessarily think of. Um, but I'm from the Midwest and, and, and have a lot of roots there. So seeing something that, um, affects an industry that touches us every day, the food industry and, you know, saves lives. It's, it's always great to make investments in, in those kinds of companies. Abby, so I actually uh, am laughing because I'm looking um, at SwineGuard, and we just had Swine Tech on the Minotank podcast. Yes, they had a rebrand as well. They had a rebrand as well. Got it. So we're proud that we've featured one of your favorite investments on Minotank. So that's awesome. Very cool. Well, um, I'm excited that you did as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, Matthew is an amazing founder, and it's really interesting to learn about that space. And those, I think both those companies are super unique and interesting because neither of those are necessarily like the biggest SaaS, you know, B2C um, platforms, but they both tackle very intense, interesting opportunities. Um, so then let me move on to the next question, Abby. Um, and this is because, you know, Minotank connects tech startups and investors through an online pitch. 
and many people who come to Minotank on the investor side are relatively new or interested parties or individual angels. And so as someone who does this professionally all day long, uh, would you be willing to share some advice for someone looking to invest in startups the way, you know, if you were speaking to yourself before you ever got into, you know, the startup game or, you know, you said, hey, I'm looking to become an investor, where would you start? And what's a, what's a piece of advice you could share with us? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think that there is, you know, with the rise of equity crowdfunding, that's something that we've been reading a lot about lately. And we've had a couple of companies that have that have done it. Um, and I think that it's great. Um, I'm all for it. I think it's, it, I'm, I'm really happy that um, kind of venture investing and early stage investing is becoming democratized. That's something that's super exciting to me. I do think that there's a big part of the conversation that's being missed surrounding the risk of early stage investments. I think that, you know, like the LPs that invest in, in our funds and the other accredited investors and, and, and angel investors, um, they can generally afford to lose that money. And I think that that's super important. Um, and especially for, you know, someone with a small amount of capital that's looking to make smaller invest investments like they might through a platform like Minotank or a platform like Seed Invest and a platform like Republic. I, I think that it, it's, it's just really important to understand the risk reward dynamics of that industry. Like, in, like VC investments have such high returns because they're so high risk. Um, and if you invest money that you can't afford to lose, um, that is, that's not good because the, the whole point of a high reward um, and a really high IRR fund is that, you know, that it is risky and, and you might potentially lose it. So don't invest your retirement fund into it um, is something that I would say. And always make sure that you're investing in businesses, not just ideas. I saw an ad. There's actually an ad on the, on the subway on the way to work the other day, and it was an ad for Republic, um, a, a crowdfunding platform, which I, I think is a great platform, and, and I love all the folks there. Um, but the ad said, invest in crazy ideas, and it just made me want to, like, rip it off of the wall of the, of the, of the subway car. Um, that's not what we do. We don't invest in ideas. We invest in businesses. We invest in businesses, and we invest in founders that have a proven track record of being successful. And that's really important if you want to make smart, smart educated decisions on on what to do with money at the seed and early stage. You're not having someone come to you with a crazy idea and nothing to show for it and writing them a check. That's not what I do. That's not what any seed or early stage investor does. That is not what you should do as an angel investor or as a person investing in, you know, in an equity crowdfunding round or, or a Kickstarter campaign. Um, this, you want to see a viable business model. You want to make sure that the plans for execution are sound. Um, an idea is worth nothing. Execution is 99% of it. So definitely making sure that, that all of those bits of execution are sound and that you're not just investing in the next person to come up to you and say, I'm going to build a rocket to Mars. That's, that's, that's not what we do, and that's not what you should do either as an individual investing in your own money in startups. Abby, I think that's super valuable because I think a lot of people um, can read into the, the online clickbait, the fodder that you see about startups, and they say, you know, find the craziest idea and fund that one, the most unique and insane idea is the one that's going to be the most successful. And I couldn't agree more. That's, that's kind of a ludicrous concept and that the reason why you invest capital, maybe you, you know, maybe you're 10% of the market are impact investors, people who are looking to make a change in the world in a certain space. But, you know, by and large, investors are looking to create a return. They're looking to invest in the business because they believe it will expand and grow and they're going to own a piece of that growth and expand with that founder. So it's not an idea. It's very much a business. I'm so glad you said that. I think it's really valuable. Um, so let me ask our next question, Abby. How do you find new deal flow and investment opportunities for Quake? 
Um, so a variety of different ways. Um, so the, the number one way to get on Quake's radar is to apply online. Um, we use a platform called F6S um, to manage our application process. So you can find our application on there. It's pretty short. Fill it out. Um, that's, you know, the primary way to get into our pipeline. Um, even if you know me personally, even if we sit down and have coffee or have a phone conversation, I'm still going to have you go through that F6S platform um, just to streamline everything. That's our intake process. So please visit our website, quakecapital.com, if you're um, an early stage startup seeking funding or interested in our program. Um, tons more about the Accelerator, um, lots of information available um, on there. You can learn more about us and apply through there as well. Um, we currently have applications open for the next LA and Austin cohorts, and the applications for the next New York cohort will be launching soon. Um, so that's all available there. Lots of deal flow from the internet. I would say a lot of the more high quality deals though that we see come from our network. Um, we have an incredible network of VC and angel investor connections, institutional investor connections um, here in New York and, and in, in a variety of other metro regions. Um, and we get a lot of great deal flow um, from them. VCs are very collaborative with each other versus competitive. Um, at least here in New York, um, we see it as you know, there's there's a, there's definitely enough to go around. I, if I see a great deal, I'm going to pass it along to um, other VCs that are. Sorry, sorry, someone's phone just went off, and and um, in the next room. Hopefully, you can edit this. You're okay. I can edit um, it out. Don't worry. Awesome. So um, a lot of great VCs in our network send us awesome deals and we reciprocate. We send them deals as well, especially deals that, you know, we think it's a great deal, but they don't necessarily fit with our thesis where it is at the moment. Um, but we know of another investor that, that it might fit better for and they do the same uh, with us. So definitely the network of, of great VCs is helpful not only in helping our own companies raise money, but also finding more great investments to fund. Awesome, Abby. Well, let me ask for our very last question then. Um, if someone's going to connect with you personally online, how would they go about doing that? Yes, um, please send me an email, um, abby at quake.vc, A-B-B-Y at quake.vc. Um, I'm not afraid of cold emails. Cold emails are great. Um, not promising I'm going to be able to <laughs> hop on a call or, or grab coffee with absolutely everyone who shoots me a cold email, but I do appreciate getting them. Um, so, you know, don't, don't be scared or, or shy at all. Um, I, please don't add me on LinkedIn. If you don't personally know me, I will not accept. <laughs> awesome, Abby. Well, that's Abby Lyle, Senior Associate at Quake Capital Partners. Thank you so much for joining us on the Minotank Podcast. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate it. Hey there, Minnow Tankers. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Minnow Tank Podcast. Want to ask a question to one of our featured investors or tech founders? Use the Anchor.fm app to record your question and send it in to the Minnow Tank Podcast to be featured next episode. Make sure to record your name, where you're calling in from, and your question. And make sure to subscribe to the Minnow Tank Podcast for more awesome interviews with tech founders and the investors who fund them. Again, I'm Ken Barton, founder of Minotank, and I'll see you next time, y'all.